Welcome to Smart Talk. I'm Scott Lamar. With the election of Donald Trump as president, the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare's future, is kind of uncertain. But for now, open enrollment to shop for health insurance began last week and runs through January 31st. We will answer your questions on Smart Talk today. We've done this every year since uh, the health insurance exchanges have been available to those shopping. Joining us on the program, Lynn Kelts, a healthcare navigator and executive director of the Pennsylvania Mental Health Consumers Association, and Tia Whitaker, statewide director of outreach and enrollment with the Pennsylvania Association of Community Health Centers. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. And I want to point out a couple things here. First of all, Pennsylvania Insurance Commissioner Teresa Miller had been scheduled to be with us today. Uh, she is unable to join us. And uh, actually, I was looking forward to uh, talking with uh, Commissioner Miller about several things as a result of the election. As I said in that introduction, there are a lot of uncertainties right now. Uh, but before we even get into that, this is a program where you can call in, ask questions if you have insurance questions. 1-800-729-7532 or send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. Now, the elephant in the room here is that uh, Donald Trump, who was the president-elect, was elected with a promise to repeal Obamacare. And uh, as far as we know, that's uh, one of the goals of the Trump administration and the Republican majority in both the House and Senate. One of the main aspects of uh, Donald Trump's health care plans, if you will, is a proposal that would allow insurance companies to sell across state lines. I mean, as it is now, uh, Pennsylvania insurance companies are selling in Pennsylvania. What uh, Trump is proposing would allow insurance companies to sell or make insurance available in other states. And the idea behind it is to create competition. And the idea then would be that the rates would come down because of that competition. When Pennsylvania Insurance Commissioner Teresa Miller was with us on this program back in October, we did talk about that. Ask about some of the proposals that then-candidate Trump had made keeping health insurance rates low if they were to repeal Obamacare, including whether to allow insurance companies to sell plans across state lines. Here's what she had to say at that point. I think that's one of the great myths out there, and, and I hear this a lot, and I've heard Donald Trump talk about this. And, you know, at the end of the day, health care and health insurance is very local. The reason you don't have companies in California trying to offer coverage in Pennsylvania is not because we have, uh, you know, borders around Pennsylvania. It's really because you have to have networks that are local so people can get care locally. I don't think people in Pennsylvania want to go to California to get their care. So developing those networks is actually a very, very challenging thing to do. And it's not something that carriers, uh, it takes a lot of time and energy. So we've actually seen, there was a study that came out a couple of years ago where they looked at a couple of states that passed laws saying, you know, we're going to allow carriers to sell across state lines. And what they found is there was really no interest on the part of carriers in, in doing that because at the end of the day, you still have to develop those networks locally. And then you're competing with carriers who have longstanding relationships with those same providers. So unless you're really committed to that market and you've been there and you've developed those relationships, you've gotten those provider rates that you want, 
um, a carrier coming in trying to develop those same relationships, you've got a lot of providers you have to work with, they're going to have a hard time competing. So it's it's really not something that at the end of the day, carriers are interested in doing. So it, it really, you can say we're going to open up and get rid of the state lines. It really doesn't matter. Well, that was uh, Pennsylvania Insurance Commissioner Teresa Miller back in October talking about uh, the proposal to open states up to uh, out-of-state insurance companies. Uh, Obviously, this is going to be one of the issues that we will hear about most often in the time leading up to when President Trump, uh, President-elect Trump, is uh, inaugurated and then afterwards, because there are many aspects of not just the Affordable Care Act, but health care that will have to be dealt with by the administration and the Congress next year. And uh, right now it is costing, you know, the percentages of what is costing out of the family budget health care continue to rise. And so obviously it is a very, very important issue to many, many Americans. Now, we are not here to talk about the politics of the Affordable Care Act today. Open enrollment began on November 1st. This is the opportunity between November 1st and January 31st when those who do not have health insurance or have to sign up again for their health insurance can go to the exchanges and uh, try to obtain it, to shop around. So Lynn Kelts and Tia Whitaker are here to answer your questions. 1-800-729-7532 is the number to call, or you can send an email to smarttalk at org. Uh, I'm sure the two of you have already been asked, okay, so what does the election results what does that mean for what we're doing? Uh, have you been asked? I have not been asked very much yet. Really? No. No. Maybe after today, It Lynn, was you just will. yesterday. It <laughs> <laughs> no. seems so long ago. <laughs> yes, I haven't received many phone calls or questions either. I think people are still trying to um, understand uh, what the election means mm-hmm. and where we're going from here. Mm-hmm. But one thing I mentioned to you before we went on the air is that uh, there has been so much attention, media attention especially, on the election that everything else has kind of been pushed to the side in the news cycles, uh, in the daily news. Uh, Yeah, there's been some mention that November 1st was the beginning of open enrollment. But just an observation, it doesn't seem like it has gotten as much attention this year. Have you received phone calls? Have you had clients coming in saying, listen, I need some help? What about that? Yeah, we have, through uh, Pennsylvania Mental Health Consumers Association, we have offices in, in Scranton, Greensburg, and Harrisburg. And all three of our offices have had people scheduled just about every day. Uh, probably 90 to 95 percent of those individuals are people who are re-enrolling from having insurance this year. They want to get insurance again. Uh, We haven't had very many new enrollees, but that usually picks up towards the end of November through the first two weeks of December because you have to enroll by December 15th to have insurance that starts January 1st. The the Pennsylvania Association of Community Health Centers is comprised of 52 health center organizations throughout the state. Um, There are over 300 sites, and in over 200 of those sites are certified application counselors or navigators who are answering phone calls or enrolling consumers 
um, on a daily basis. While there hasn't been a lot of news coverage, um, our in-reach and outreach teams have been actively seeking uh, consumers, calling them, um, taking those calls, answering questions, enrolling folks. Um, it, it's really, for the health centers, it's something they do every day. Mm-hmm. What are most of the questions about this year that, that you have heard? The uh, plans <laughs> that are no longer available Um, The consumers want to know what options they have available, and they're also asking questions about the premium increase. When you say they're asking questions about the premium increase, we have heard, in fact, when we had uh, uh, the commissioner, uh, Teresa Miller, on the air a couple weeks ago, that's what we were talking about, is Mm -hmm. these these increases. What are their questions? How are they supposed to pay for these premium increases? Um, Some of the information that we've given and are proud that we're able to give is that one of the provisions of the Affordable Care Act is that for those who qualify for premium tax credits, the tax credits increase as the premiums have increased. So there is a large potential for consumers who, let's say, were paying $100 for a plan last year. They may end up paying the same price for a comparable plan for 2017 just because the premium tax credit has increased for them. Mm. And we're going to talk all about that because I, when we, whenever we do this program, answering questions about this, you know, is done under the assumption that there may be people who are doing this for the first time and may not be familiar with, with some of these terms and explain the income limits and, uh, you know, tax credits and, and all those things. Um, How many plans, Lynn, are there available this year? Well, throughout Pennsylvania, that depends on what county you reside in. So in uh, Dauphin, what we've seen with people, we do it by their zip code, and the plans show up by zip code. Uh, There are usually about six plans to choose from. In past years, there were many more than that. But it, it actually makes it a little simpler for people to choose a plan when they're not comparing, say, 10 silver plans, they've only got a couple to compare. But there are definitely a lot fewer plans this year. And when you say silver plans, and this is one of the things that I want to point out the terminology here, how many different options are there as far as levels of plans? And explain what those options are. There are bronze plans which do not provide as much coverage for people, but people who don't expect to get sick, who have been healthy, may be able to get a bronze plan to meet their needs. So you have to really consider your own needs as you look at the plans. The silver plans offer the tax credits and potential cost sharing for those who are much on the lower uh, range of income. Then there are gold plans and platinum plans, but there are not as many of those this year as there were in the past. Mm -hmm. And each range as you go up gives you more benefits, perhaps less of a deductible uh, but the premiums may go up also. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a phone call from uh, David. David, you're on the air. Hi, uh, I am confused. I, uh, you're saying that uh, health care plans are not available across state lines, and I don't quite understand because I have a uh, uh, Medicare supplemental plan uh, from uh, Core State Indemnity, which is based in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. And I dealt with an agent in, in Miami to, to uh, get the plan. So wh- what are we talking about here? Well, I think the Medicare system is different than the marketplace. Um, so what you have, many of the big companies do have supplemental Medicare supplement plans across the states. 
So it, I guess the difference is between Medicare and the marketplace. But I know, for example, I once worked for an employer who gave me insurance out of the Pittsburgh area, and locally I, I had no doctors to go to. So they had to come up with a separate plan for those of us in this area. Uh, so it, it can be very complicated. But Medicare supplement plans are generally good across the country. All right. Thank you very much for your call. And I have to admit that, uh, you know, when I uh, was doing research for today's program and, you know, and I went under open enrollment, uh, the first thing that came up was Medicare, that uh, open enrollment for Medicare was back in mid-October, right? Yes. Uh, and, again, for those who may not be familiar with this, because let's face it, there are millions of people who are insurance illiterate. Uh, that That's different than uh, you know what we're talking about with uh, the, the open exchanges right now. Um, we have a, got an, an email here with several questions from the listeners. Some really good questions. Um, our listener says, "I'm a 62-year-old healthy female, employed, no employer-sponsored health care plan. Husband is retired and is on Medicare and uh, a supplemental plan." Last year, when he retired, I had the task of acquiring health insurance for myself. After much, much research, I went, went with an HMO product with a premium of $605 a month, a $4,500 deductible. A bit of a hardship, but have been able to do it, cannot take the stress of not having any insurance. With the changes in the ACA and the marketplace, I was informed that they will not offer my current plan in 2017. They've gone to from... Um, you know, a number of 15 to 20 plans down to four. A comparable plan premium for me in 2017 would be $1,117 a month. Now, I have to tell you that when I read that, I was like, oh, how do people do that? And that's what she is basically asking. How am I supposed to do that? Well, the first thing that we tell consumers is you should definitely go to the marketplace to shop. There are other plans available. Uh, you'll have to look at the networks. You'll have to look at the physicians uh, that are in the networks. There's a lot of things you have to take a look at. But shopping is the best way to compare plans and get different pricing. But, I mean, does she have any options? I mean, we, we've talked about these tax credits. Let's talk about that. How do you... Uh, how are you eligible for a, a tax credit? And by tax credit... You know, that's a bit of a misnomer, too. Yes, it does go through your uh, your taxes, but at the same time, it offsets what you have to pay in, in your premiums. So what could uh, a person like that do? Well, when we enroll someone, uh, whether we do it on the computer or by telephone with healthcare, healthcare.gov, they need to bring us their current income, their projected income, and we put all that into the uh, formulas that tell us if someone's eligible for a tax credit. So if someone is in their 20s and they're making just $20,000 a year, they're going to be eligible for tax credits. They, a family of four can, in, the, in 2016 could make up to about $64,000 a year 
and perhaps still get a tax credit. And when you have a tax credit, you can choose whether to take that credit on your taxes at the end of the year so you get more money back, or you can use it, as you said, to offset the cost of your monthly premium. So if I get a tax credit of $500 and the premium is $600, I'm only paying $100 for it. So this individual in particular, I mean... The, she doesn't say what her income is. Right, but the insurance companies are only going to tell you about the plans they offer. So if it's insurance company A, they say, okay, we don't have that plan anymore, but we had this new plan. But they're not going to tell you, go look at the other insurance companies to find a plan. And that's what Tia means when we say shop. And and the navigators and assisters can help people like her look through what's available. All right. Now, I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment, but we're going to take some phone calls, too. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. And as you just heard, and it's no surprise since uh, Capital Blue Cross is uh, and has been a longtime supporter of uh, WITF Smart Talk, I just put that out there to let you know. Um, just so everyone does know, but it has nothing to do with what we're doing on uh, today's program. Our guest is Lynn Kelts, a healthcare navigator and executive director of the Pennsylvania Mental Health Consumers Association, and Tia Whitaker, statewide director of outreach and enrollment with the Pennsylvania Association of Community Health Centers. We're answering your questions today about the Affordable Care Act, actually about uh, the nuts and bolts of this, how to apply, how to shop, income limits, fines. We'll get to those in just a moment. Tax credits, all those things. Our phone number is 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at witf.org. We, uh, you also can send uh, a question or a comment on WITF Facebook page. Again, the phone number is 1-800-729-7532. All right, let's go to, let's see here. Who do we have? I think we have Joe, who is from York, my equipment is not here we go yeah joe is in in york joe you're on the air well i have a a question concerning about how i apply my situation is i plan on retiring in january the beginning of january i'll be 64 so i'll need the insurance for a year until i'm 65 I'm also moving to Delaware, from Pennsylvania to Delaware, and I have no clue how I get started. If I look at the form online, they're asking me questions that does not give me options that I can fill it out correctly. Well, Joe, you're stuck in Pennsylvania forever. <laughs> that sounds like we. I'm going to keep I you on the. Prefer to move to the beach. <laughs> I I got you. All right, let me. I'm going to keep you on hold here in case they have any questions for you. But uh, Tia, Lynn, uh, I I saw the two of you like kind of looking at one another. That uh, this is an unusual situation. It really depends when you plan to move. Um, If you're going to stay in Pennsylvania in January, uh, you have options. Uh, You can go to healthcare.gov. You can type in your zip code and find local help. Okay, when you say his zip code, which zip code? 
the zip code where he's living right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And there is a health center um, available in his area that has certified application counselors or navigators who can help him help him through the enrollment process. And he can go to PAC.org, which is P-A-C-H-C.org, to find a health center where there are navigators who can walk him through the process. But uh, it really depends on when he's planning to move and leave from Pennsylvania. When are you leaving, Joe? I plan on January 1st. Okay. Then he has to use his Delaware address mm -hmm. because he'll be living there and he'll need insurance there. And I honestly don't know off the top of my head if Delaware is in the federal marketplace like Pennsylvania is or if they have a state marketplace. But you could call healthcare.gov or call one of us and we can look it up for you. But you can call healthcare.gov if you go on the web. Their phone number is down at the bottom of their web page and ask them uh, what system they use in Delaware so that you can get started. Because you don't want to buy Pennsylvania insurance if right. you're going to be living in Delaware. How are you going to find a doctor? Joe, have you thought about that? Uh, uh, there's certainly doctors around. Oh, there. I know, I know <laughs> that. And, uh, they don't stop at the sure. Pennsylvania border. Yeah. I'm not sure yet. You know, I've been talking to the neighbors and you know, have recommendations. Yeah. Where, where in Delaware? Which beach? Lewis. Lewis. Okay, nice town. Well, enjoy yourself. But uh, as of January first, you are a Delawarean. So, take a look at that. Okay. okay. So. On the online form, they asked me my address. Should I use the Delaware address? Yes. That's where I will be? Yes, you should use that so that you get put into the right uh, insurance plans for Delaware. Right. All right, Joe. Right. And then go the go other ahead. thing, if you have another minute, is it also asked what my income was last month. Well, I'm still working. So that income is going to be much more than my Social Security I don't know what income to put. I think that you probably should sit down with a navigator because you'll need to project your income for next year. You can show your income, and and, and if you um, have a navigator, they'll help you through the process of projecting your retirement income because that's what your costs will be based on. Yeah, Joe, it doesn't sound right, like you I have a simple case. I know what my retirement income will be. I just wasn't sure if I should put that on the form because they're asking for my income for last yeah. Hey, Joe, thank you very much for your call, and uh, have a good time in, in Lewis. Uh, let's go to the phone now, and let's see, who else do we have here? We have Heather in Lingolstown. Heather, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. Um, just a quick comment. You know, they keep saying, well, go out to the healthcare marketplace and, and just shop around there. Like, it's something you can do in 5, 10, 15 minutes. This takes days, hours, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of people out here who aren't computer literate, a lot of people who have reading issues, math issues. You know, I deal with people like this every single day, and it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. And then when you do pick the plan, there's loopholes in every single plan. People are surprised when they get stuck with these huge, ginormous bills, when they're paying, you know, six, eight hundred, twelve hundred dollars $1,200 a month for a plan that they thought was a good plan, and it's not. And it's very, very sickening to me how these insurance companies are taking such advantage of these people when you can get a bill at it from an insurance company and you see what they negotiate down to it'll be like $250 for an x-ray on the bill but the insurance company has negotiated it down to $68 but we're still stuck with that $68 so it's just disgusting I hate insurance 
I, I wish everybody could just pay cash for what they need to do. Thank you. Heather, thank you very much for your call. And she anticipated one of my questions, and I'll get you to respond to you know some of the things as much as you can uh, about what Heather had to say. But the point that she does bring up is uh, you both of you had said shop around. And she's right, though. I mean, I've witnessed people who have done that, and it is not easy, it, especially if you are someone who, as I you know, described earlier, as an insurance illiterate or not knowing a whole lot about it, and there's so much information that is being thrown at you. So how do you shop? I think that you find local help. The federal government knew that people couldn't do this completely on their own. So they've given grants to numerous organizations throughout all the states, such as our organizations here today, to have people trained. Every We go to training every year to be certified health insurance navigators or the certified assistance uh, counselors. So we need to get our name out, let people know that we're here to help you do this. It is very complex, and I don't know how they would make it simpler, but you do have to look at deductibles. You have to look at there's a function now where you can see if your doctors are in the healthcare network that you would be buying into. And you can also look up your medications. Most of the medications are listed there. But that's not easy. Not everybody has internet access. Not everybody has right. a computer. And it's a little harder to do on a smartphone though you can do it. Uh, well, so, I wouldn't even want to try it on a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is, it is a good idea to reach out to the assisters and the navigators. And you'll probably have our phone numbers on your website. I can give ours now. Yeah, what, what the two of you, what are they? Just so, and uh, Rich, get these numbers, if you will. Okay, our uh, toll-free number is 1-855-274-5626. And you can also call, if you're in the Harrisburg area, you can call us directly at 564-4930. To you. Our toll-free number is 1-866-944-CARE, or our local number is 717-761-6443. Tia, you know, Heather just said about, uh, you know, talked about being complicated. In your experience of doing this over a few years, what is the most complicated, what is the most confusing part of this for people coming in looking for insurance? For those first-timers, everything. Everything, All okay. aspects of choosing a health insurance plan, even knowing where to go to start. Um, we've had some phone calls and some cases where consumers have gone to look-alike websites. And Are they still out there? They're still out okay. there. Um, the official website is healthcare.gov. Um, there's some look-alikes, healthcare.com, you know, d- different things like that um, that seem to uh, look exactly like the website, um, and it causes confusion. So for those who are not in this every day, like you said, who, are li- who aren't literate, who know exactly where they're going, the whole process can be very confusing. So the fact that there are sisters, um, navigators, and CACs available to sit down with consumers, that makes the process easier. I'm hearing sisters for the first time. Aren't there any guys doing this? Our sisters. A S S I S T E R. Oh, okay. All right. I, uh, I was just taking sisters, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting old. I'm not hearing as well, Lynn, as I used to. My wife tells me that every day. Uh, let's go to Susan in Camp Hill. Susan, you're on the air. 
Hi. Hi. Well, I echo everything Heather said and add that your choices come down to a huge premium and maybe they'll cover something or a premium you can afford and a deductible you will never meet. So either way, you're paying for all your health care out of your pocket if insurance companies are getting rich off it. But my comment was that earlier one of your panelists said that the uh, tax credit goes up along with the premium. It does not. I just got a letter from my mark. I was paying 450 last year. It got a $500 uh, tax credit. The letter this year says I'm going to be paying 1300 three times what I was paying, and that the tax credit does not go up at all. They're still paying 518 Did they explain why? Why? I mean, did they explain why the tax credit doesn't go up? They said it does. The, the tax credit does not move. Okay. So when I was saying, like, if the, the total premium last year was 900 to something, I paid 450 of it, they paid 518 mm-hmm. They said it's going to be 1800 this year. They're paying the 518 and the rest is on me, mm-hmm. $1,300. Okay, Susan, thank you very much for your call. What about that? So what happens uh, when plans are no longer available? Uh, individual insurers send letters to consumers to let them know your plan is no longer available, you'll be moved into this other plan, but they don't take into fact or don't take uh, the premium tax credit into Account. the equation. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to go to healthcare.gov and go through the marketplace so you can put in your financial information, your household information, to find out exactly what your premium tax credit is because your local health insurance company cannot determine what your tax credit is. You can only do that through healthcare.gov. So if her income is the same as last year or roughly the same, Mm -hmm. she should be able to go to the website Mm -hmm. and... She should, that tax credit should go up. Yes, it should recalculate for her. And it's also true this year that some of the insurance companies are not paying their brokers to enroll people on the marketplace. They're only paying them to enroll them in their own private, you know, their own individual plans. So they might not, the letters might not reflect anything having to do with the marketplace. So again... That's why people need to get in touch with the navigator or a sister and find a sister. <laughs> yes. I like it my way better, but okay. <laughs> a sister. <laughs> and get help. <laughs> and get some help because the insurance companies, if they're not getting if the brokers and agents aren't getting paid to refer you to a plan, then they're probably not going to do that. And, and I, we're going to try to reach out to the agents and let them know we're here for people who just can't afford it. All right. Let's take another call. Let's go to Lancaster. Is it Tamison? Yes, it is. Okay, go ahead. Hi. I, I'm a self-employed um, person, and I have been for decades. And, and I, I, I've always been happy to pay for my own insurance all these years. In 2016, I chose a plan High mark. It was five hundred and eighty some dollars a month with a six thousand dollar deductible. I just got a letter from High Mark that says now my plan will be nine hundred and eighty some dollars a month. I went to with a six thousand dollar deductible. So I went to health healthcare.gov and the only choices that came up um, was that plan. Uh, you know, for it was the lowest cost plan. So my question really is, and I, and I didn't hear the entire show, so I apologize if this is a repeat, but my question is, 
why did it go up so much? This is the first time that I've been worried about paying my bills my, you know, since I was in my 20s. I turned 60 this year. And why did it go up so much? And the second thing is, do I really have options other than pay almost double what I was paying this year? Thank you very much for your call. One thing that happens as we get older, and I'm over 60, when you turn 60 on the marketplace, the insurers are allowed to increase their cost. They can't increase costs for pre-existing conditions, but because people 60 and over have, in general, higher health care costs, even though the caller probably doesn't, uh, they are allowed to increase. So you will see a difference from 59 to 60 just because of the age. Uh, the insurance companies have always set their own prices. That's not regulated by the Affordable Care Act. Um, if they feel they're not making enough money, then they're going to raise their prices because they're a business. Okay, but you, uh, when you say raise their own prices, that mm -hmm. has to be approved here in Pennsylvania yes. by the insurance department. Okay, I just it wanted is to put approved. that out there. Yes, it is approved by the insurance department, and I believe that they did not approve all the increases that were requested. But when the companies can put forth data that shows they need this increase, the insurance commission has to approve it. Uh, so really the, the impetus for these increases is from the insurance companies themselves. Okay, so what are her options? Well, I don't know about, you know, what plan she's looking at or if there is only one. I don't know. I'd, I'd probably need more information. You can go directly to a broker and not buy on the marketplace. Sounds like she may not have tax credits at all. Um, she might find a plan, a different plan through that broker or agent that's not a marketplace plan that she, that might, may or may not be less expensive. But they're only telling you about what they want to tell you about in that letter. They're not going to, you know, expose you to everything that's available. Well, yeah, as you said, they are a business, and uh, obviously they're not going to tell you about competitors' prices and right, that, right. that sort of thing. You're listening to Smart Talk on WITF, your home for NPR News and all things regional. I'm Scott Lamar. Yeah, let's see, Scott, what do you have to do here tonight? So, oh, yeah, just talking to myself a little bit here. Uh, on the program, uh, Tia Whitaker, who is the statewide director of outreach and enrollment with the Pennsylvania Association of Community Health Centers, and Lynn Kelts, a health care navigator and executive director of the Pennsylvania Mental Health Consumers Association, answering your Affordable Care Act or open uh, enrollment, marketplace health care exchanges, uh, all those questions right now, 1-800-729-7532. Send an email to smarttalk at WITF.org. All right, here's uh, an email, and I'm just going to skip around because it is a fairly lengthy one. Uh, as an insurance agent, I have clients who are calling who do not qualify for the marketplace and tax subsidies due to their higher incomes, yet their premiums have increased up to 60% in some cases. Are there any affordable options for those off of the marketplace? My own plan increased from... $1,010 to $1,635 per month uh, for my wife and I. What about that? I mean, these income limits, and we should probably talk about those, uh, you know, what they are. But, you know, this is a guy selling insurance, and he's wondering, wondering about it. The off-marketplace plans are really not in our jurisdiction. Um, they're, like Lynn said earlier, they're sold directly from the health insurance companies. So um, we, we really don't 
Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we we don't have any control over those. Or really a lot of information <laughs> about it. Not at all. Wow, I, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, uh, 1,600 oh, yeah. hours a month? I know. Yeah. In the past, when I've worked, I've worked all kinds of places. Um, have you? Yes, <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> so, um, there, some time ago, I think it was in the late 90s, my employer's insurance cost went up 30% in one year, and that impacted us because then we had to start paying more too. So this is not unusual in the insurance market that they do some major price increases. But just the the sticker shock for it's many awful. people mm-hmm. is, is what mm-hmm. is getting people's attention. Yes. Uh, let's talk about those income limits uh, because, again, when this first started, uh, you know, it sounded as if uh, very many people would be eligible with their incomes because, you know, family four forty seven thousand dollars something like that. It says, oh, okay, well that's that's not too bad. What do we have as far as uh, the the income limits right now? Well, they're different uh, if you're family one, two, three, four, right. etc. Right. Um, if you're making less than about sixteen thousand five hundred dollars a year, you can get Medicaid through the Medicaid expansion. And that's in Pennsylvania, that's virtually free insurance. So if you're very low income for a while, then you can get on Medicaid and it's worth doing. Uh, Above that, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, but as you said, uh, a family of four can actually make up to $60,000. So a family of four making $60,000 would pay a premium of about $405 a month. So... It, the 97000 for a family, uh, last year I found that was more for Hawaii and Alaska because these are federal numbers. Right. In Pennsylvania, our cost of living is not as high in Hawaii as in Hawaii and Alaska. So it, it's not quite 97000 in Pennsylvania. For, can, how, for how many that people? That was a family of four. four. Yeah. So um, those numbers, we can get them for you, but I didn't bring them with me today. <laughs> Okay, but, Lynn, next time we will. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, let's go to Lynn in Middletown. Lynn, you're on the air. Hello, Lynn? Uh, what Lynn wanted to say is that the marketplace is not showing all plans available. Is that true? I haven't received any information that they're not showing all of the plans that are available. Now, they the plans that are available, marketplace plans that are available, are much more limited than they were last yeah, year. Absolutely. To my knowledge, they're all being listed, uh-huh. and some places are only seeing like two to four plans, where last year we might have had 16. There are other individual insurance plans available off the market through insurance agents and brokers. They would not be on the marketplace because they're not part of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, we have a call, and I, I hope that I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Shadavanka? Is that, is that right, Shadavanka? Uh, Stefanka, but that's okay. Okay. That's not, that's not important, but good morning. Uh, I just spent the last was it, 48 minutes trying to get some information, calling different places such as Wellspan, the community health center, the hospital, trying to um, set up a meeting with a navigator. I mean, I have been enrolled ever since the Affordable Health Care Act started, uh, so I know what goes into it, but because I think of the bureaucracy down in Kentucky where they collect all the documents that you need to provide, I forever am sort of harassed saying, you need this, you need that, you need that proof. I really would like to this time 
not do it myself, but meet with a navigator. And it, there's just nobody. I mean, at the hospital, they didn't even know. I had to explain to them what Affordable Health Care Act is about. Well, then, I'm sorry, calling from York. So that, you know, well, then, Community Health Center will help only their patients. They will not help other well-span patients. So it's not really easy even to get a contact information for local navigators. Well, we're going to put it on our website with uh, our, our two guests today, the, the toll-free numbers. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to call and get some information that way, okay? Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. And, again, I'm going to write, write this down as we go here. I'm not talking to myself. I'm going off mic. All right, Lynn, what, what's your number? 8877? Eight, eight, seven, seven. No, 855. 855. See, I screwed that up. All right, go ahead. 855-274-5626, and that's for the whole state. Okay, and Tia, what about yours? 1-866-944-CARE. Okay. And our local number, you want that as well? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, 717-761-6443. 6443, okay. All right. Well, we, we'll, we'll have those numbers on our website, WITF.org. So if there are people like our last caller who have not been able to find uh, a navigator or find some help, that they can call those phone numbers and get some information as well. We have an email here from Deb in Adams County. It says, my husband and I make a bit above the limit to get any subsidies for health insurance. My husband's on Medicare and I do not work. Uh, our insurance has increased tremendously since 2013. 2013, paying 299 a month plus 1800 dollars deductible. Deductible. Uh, 2017, 1220 dollars a month plus a 4500 deductible. How can we keep paying these outrageous fees? I, you know, I see the two of you shaking your head, which tells me you don't have a good answer for her. There, I don't think there is a good answer. No. Um, that's something I'd like to see fixed, but that's insurance companies' uh, responsibility to keep their prices at an affordable rate. You know, certainly we go to Adams County, although our office is in Harrisburg, we'll drive down there and meet with her and see if there's anything that we can help her with, certainly. Um, and I know Tia probably has health um, center health down centers. there. Mm -hmm. Insights. So... I don't know. I, I just don't know how people are going to do this this year with the way the prices have come up. But we're going to help you do it any way we can. One of the things that we have found since the Affordable Care Act uh, started is that uh, there were a lot of assumptions, a lot of things that uh, with, that the federal government thought would happen, the Obama administration thought would happen, that the different things counted on other things to happen. One was... Uh, young people that uh, it was assumed that a number of young healthy people would get insurance for the first time well one of the things that has ha has happened or hasn't happened depending on how you look at it is that not as many young healthy people have signed up as a result that's one of the reasons that those premiums have have gone up so much uh, so m my question is what I'm leading to is that many people especially young people have decided that I'm healthy. I don't have to worry about this. I'll pay the fine rather than, you know, having to buy insurance and pay a premium of $1,000 a month. I'll pay the fine. What is the fine this year? It does go up every year. The fine for 2017 is the same as 2016, 695 a person or 2.5% of your income, whichever is higher. 
Okay. Uh, what about for children? Because children, I think it's like three forty-seven fifty. Yeah, three forty-seven fifty a month. So, I mean, have you found that as well? I mean, the people who are not seeking insurance obviously aren't coming to you, but have you actually had clients who have said, you know what, I'm going to go without and I'll pay the fine? I've had several um, in 2016 who have said. I will just go ahead and pay the penalty. I'll pay the fine. And one of the things that we express to consumers, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, one, diagnosis of diabetes. Um, your out-of-pocket costs without insurance are going to be through the roof. Um, if you have an accident, you're going to have to pay out-of-pocket. And one of the uh, highest numbers for bankruptcy our medical bills and medical costs. So we paint a total picture. We sit down with the consumers and we say, okay, this is what it is monthly. You know, we, we talk about deductibles. We talk about costs. We paint, paint a perfect picture <laughs> of what their options are. And, you know, some people still choose to take the penalty. That accident thing is, is the, the big thing. Though. Mm -hmm. I mean, if... You know, there's so many young people, especially, who are saying, you know what, I, I'm i in good shape here. I work out. I eat well. I, I mean, I'm, my weight is under control. I'm in good shape. But it's just that one mm -hmm. time where it may not be your fault whatsoever, but right. uh, someone runs into you, and it may not be major. But, you know, a, a, a scrape that needs stitches may cost you thousands of dollars if that if that be the case. So, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm advocating one way or the other, but I just want to make people aware of that, that that's something that uh, is, is a possibility. All right, let's take a call from Val in uh, York County. And Val, I don't know whether they can answer this question or not, but go ahead. Um, okay, I, I, I don't really have a question. I have a comment to... Uh, all the people who've been talking about how impossible it is to keep up with the rates, uh, and somebody said that uh, it's up to insurance companies to keep re rates reasonable, and I think that's an insane thing to say, because it's like having the fox watching the hen house. Insurance companies will not keep up with reasonable rates. It, we are desperately in need of single-payer insurance efforts in the state of Pennsylvania and actually across the nation. So. Uh, something that is that is not funded privately, but that is publicly financed, uh, a system like in Canada or like in the rest of the Western world, developed world, uh, it's insane to keep this going and say that insurance companies will possibly keep the rate hikes uh, affordable for us. All right. Thank you very much for your call. And that was something that uh, we heard uh, during our presidential campaigns, which we think just ended. All right. Let's go to uh, Sam in Adamstown. Sam, you're on the air. Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I, I have a positive story. I've been screaming about this for years, and I know other people. My premiums have gone down on Obamacare, 42%. I have, I'm a single person. Um, I have a $6,000 deductible. My doctor visits when I didn't have insurance for $250 with Highmark. It's $95, just like when I was working, it was $95. Um, you put your, the extra premium, like it would cost me about $400 if I took the low deductible. You take that, you put it into a health savings account, which comes off line 25 on the first page. You immediately get a deduction from your, your income. 
Um, th- this is about fiscal responsibility. I wound up in the hospital. If I didn't have insurance, it would cost $115,000. The, the, the negotiated amount was sixty-three. I owed $6,000 because that was my deductible. The thing is, I'd rather owe 6000 than 115000 I'm really, really puzzled why people are having problems. Mm. They want it for free? <laughs> hey, thank you very much for your call. Uh, T, I saw you kind of raise your, your hand like, oh, good, a, a positive. <laughs> but what he talks about, uh, you know, and this is something that will be part of the Trump plan, or at least that's what he's promised, is health insurance savings plans. Uh, where do we? I know we have those available now. Are a lot of people taking advantage of them? Or, I mean, the people in the marketplace, I don't know whether, you know, they're taking advantage of something like that. Does that even play into it? Not all the plans on the marketplace allow those health savings plans. Uh, last year, I know there were a couple for this immediate area. I can't speak for the rest of the state. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Tia, have you seen many people use them? No, um, not for enrolling for 2017. The majority of the enrollments that we've seen at our health centers um, from November 1st up until yesterday, most people are choosing an HMO. In previous years, it's been PPOs. Okay, difference. What's the difference for those that don't know? So HMO stands for uh, Health Maintenance Organization, (laughs) and they're uh, more restrictive as far as their benefits and accessing physicians and services. Um, PPO is preferred provider organizations. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at a broader network. Um, Not uh, you typically don't have to have a referral to go to. Uh, physicians that are in the network when you have a PPO. So it's a PPO, like I said, is less restrictive. So uh, I haven't really seen uh, that many folks take the uh, HSA route. Um, just those two have been the most popular with the consumers at the health centers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another Heather who sent an email uh, asking uh, if the ACA is repealed at some point in 2017, is coverage via a marketplace policy guaranteed for the entire year? Is it possible that if the ACA is repealed, we could lose coverage mid-year? The word that we've received from the Center for Medicare and Medicare Services is that uh, contracts are in place for all of 2017. So for those who are enrolling now during open enrollment and into next year, uh, health insurance companies and CMS have guaranteed that for 2017 there will be coverage. Okay. So in answer to her question, there will be, mm-hmm. wouldn't be dropped mid-year. Correct. Um, as I said at the very top of the program, this is obviously going to be one of the main topics of conversation in Washington uh, once uh, Donald Trump is inaugurated and becomes president and we have the Republican majorities in the, the House and Senate. We only have a minute or so left. I want to thank both of you for being with us today. Advice that you would give for those who are shopping for insurance this year? If you get stuck, call somebody. You can call when you're in the middle of your application and you want help, or you can have have us talk to you before you uh, ever get started. But if you're not comfortable with the computer, the navigators and assisters are available throughout the state, and I suggest that you use them (laughs) to answer questions. Mm -hmm. Tia? Health centers are available across the state, um, like I said earlier, with different sites. Um, They have CACs, Certified Application Counselors, and Navigators standing ready to help people get enrolled. And once they get enrolled, to help them use their coverage as well. You know, we have talked several times about the politics of this and what may happen. I wonder whether there will be fewer people who won't bother this year because they think it's going to be repealed. 
There might be, but they still won't have insurance. Right. And the law says that uh, that mandate says that uh-huh. you must have insurance or you will be subject to that uh, $600 uh, uh, dollar. Well, what is it, 647 695 $695 uh, dollar fine. So, well, again, uh, Tia Whitaker, with the, uh, she's the statewide uh, director of outreach and enrollment with the Pennsylvania Association of Community Health Centers, and Lynn Kelts, executive director of the Pennsylvania Mental Health Consumers Association. Thank both of you for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you. There will not be a Smart Talk tomorrow, a special program. I will talk to you on Monday.